Um, uh, but let's welcome Kieran as he comes to speak to us this morning. Kieran. Right. Thanks so much, Jez. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Well, it's, uh, it's really lovely to, to be in the building, having kind of heard all about it. It's great, isn't it? Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is the first time you, you've come to church this morning and uh, it's all really new, but I'm aware that some of you have been uh, part of uh, this church for a while and it's a really exciting project. And it's great to kind of be part of the story as well uh, and part of that journey, so I'm really thrilled to be here. Uh, yeah, I don't know about you, when, when I, when I uh, go to places and, you know, somebody's introduced and it's a new speaker and you think, oh, I wonder what they're like, oh, you know, crikey, he's got a big Adam's apple, or whatever sort of <laughs> thoughts kind of go through your mind. They do, don't they? You're trying to work out, you know, you're thinking, oh, you know, the sun's out, I could slip out now, do I really want to listen to this bloke? So what, what I find is sometimes it's, it's good just to kind of like get an idea of who, who the person is. And um, so a little bit of my background, originally I'm, I'm from Dublin, as you can tell from my accent, the top of the morning to you. Um, so born in Ireland um, and ended up in England. Uh, one, of, one of the things about my, my family, my grandfather was a, uh, a top sportsman in his day, so we're talking a long time ago. Um, sort of professional. Um, my father was also a professional sportsman. He was a uh, steeplechase jockey, national hunt jockey. So Grand National, think of that. He, that's what he did for a job. My son, uh, I was chatting to, where's Vince? Uh, is it Vince? I was having a great chat with Vince. My son is uh, a top cyclist. Last week he was racing in the cyclocross national championships. Uh, and then there's me. Somehow it skipped a generation. So in my head... As Jez has pointed out, you know, there is a sort of cycling thing going. There's a guy called Matt Partridge, some of you may have heard of him. He once described me as Britain's thinnest man wearing Britain's tightest clothing. <laughs> and if you were unfortunate enough to be here earlier today, you'll have seen me turn up in that. I wear that horrible spray-on stuff, you know, that horrible clothing. Don't think about it for too long. One of the, um, in a moment I'm going to read from the Bible, uh, from 1 Corinthians, and uh, one of, one, of the, one of the things I've realized is that it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter what your background is, there's a God in heaven who knows you, knows everything about you, and what's more, regardless of the mistakes, muck-ups, and maybe the shame and guilt you carry, he loves you with a passion. And one of the things the Bible says, which fills me with joy, is this, it says, for God so loved the world... That is all of us that he gave his one and only son, that is Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, that means puts their full trust in him, won't perish, won't spend eternity in hell, but will spend forever, will have everlasting life with him. Not only now, but in the life to come when we leave this life. Isn't that just amazing? And my life was transformed a number of years ago by that message. And since then, it's been like a, just a joy in my heart, but also a fire in me to somehow to try and lead other people step by step to him. And the great thing is, God knows you and loves you. If you're a follower of Jesus here, if you're a Christian, the definition of Christian, by the way, is this. It's somebody that has a relationship with God through Jesus. And if that's you here today, the wonderful thing is, 
you being full of you, you can help lead people to him. So, uh, uh, you know, we've already established that I'm one of those weirdo cyclist guys. I remember uh, I, I needed a new cycling helmet, and I went down to uh, my local Halfords just to see what they had, see if there's any deals going there. But I decided to cycle down there, so I've got my bike. And I don't know if you know about cycling, but cyclists have weird shoes, which means you can't normally walk that well. So I go into Halfords in my cycle. So I've got, I've, I've got like, you know, uh, all the gear on. I'm, I'm going to buy a helmet, and I'm in, cycli- uh, in my cycling gear looking at helmets. And, and this guy comes up to me. He's one of the assistants, probably in, in his mid-30s, comes up and, and says, can I help you, sir? I said, just looking for a helmet. I tried this one on. It was kind of silver. And, uh, and he says, oh, suits you, sir. Matches your hair, which I thought was quite funny <laughs> because I'm like, you know, got white hair. So we, we just started having this banter. So he, he was from the north of England. I could tell from his accent. So I said, oh, you know, I can hear from your accent. You're not from around here. Where are you from? He told me he's from Middlesbrough. We got chatting. It turned out he'd been in the army, had come out of the army, had uh, uh, started a career in retail. Just a really interesting guy. And as we're talking, I noticed, it's really weird. I don't think I've ever said this to anybody. I noticed he had a wedding ring on. I said, oh, so you've got a wedding ring. How's all that going then? Unusual sort of question, but, you know, there was a kind of banter thing going. What surprised me, in that moment, he burst into tears. He just basically broke down in the middle of the store. And he kind of walked away, tried to compose himself, and then came back and he said, look, I- I'm so sorry, but when you-, when you said that, my wife has just left me, and I'm barely holding it together. Now, amazingly... Do you remember the verse that Jez put up on the screen? Um, well, I, I, I've memorized that verse. And I said to him, do you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. And in fact, I'd said that earlier because I, I was talking about um, how his store handled people. And I said, we're trying to get better at it. I don't think they handle people that well. We're talking about my hair. But, um, but I said to him, I said, do you know what? I come from a broken past. And one of the things I realize is this, that Jesus said, come to me, which is what we read, wasn't it? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and burdened. And Jesus promised, I will give you rest. And I said a little bit of my story, and he looked at me, he said, I can see Jesus has done that for you, but can he help me? This guy's got no church background. Maybe, maybe that's you today, or maybe you used to go to church years ago. He said, can Jesus help me? And I said, of course he can help you. Now, I said, look, we've got this thing, it's called Alpha. Jez just explained what that is. It's a, a safe place to ask some of those bigger questions about life. You know, if, is there a God? If there is a God, what, what's he like? You know, what, what about the, the suffering in the world? What about, you know, all these sort of bigger questions that we have? So I said to him, well, look, you know, we're, we're doing this thing called Alpha. We were running it in, in a fantastic Indian restaurant, actually. We were running the whole course in, in a, uh, just a brand new Indian restaurant in, in the town I was in. So we'd, we'd, we're doing it in this uh, restaurant called Cinnamon, uh, you know, next Tuesday. You know, do you fancy coming? And he got his diary out and said, do you know what? He said, yeah, I do. So I said to him, 
I bet you that's the first time a man wearing tights has asked you out to dinner. <laughs> Just to be clear, they were the cycling ones. I wasn't there like in fishnets, you know. I know I'm weird, but I'm not that weird, okay. So what happened? Well, this guy, Harry, he came the following week. We had a great evening. The whole restaurant was full of, of people, I don't know, 100 people or whatever. And so we had a great night. As Jez said, there was a short kind of like uh, talk and, um, you know, we had loads of curry and beers and whatnot. Uh, and he, he decided to come back. And he came back week after week. And to begin with, he was, he was very argumentative, had lots of uh, thoughts and ideas. But it got to the point later on in the course where uh, we, I, I saw two friends of mine and they were sitting with him. And I, I thought, wow, they're praying with him. And what had happened, he got to the point where he became utterly convinced not only there was a God in heaven, Jesus Christ, who loved him, but actually it was possible for him to know God, to be forgiven, to be set free for his shame and guilt to be washed away. And he decided in that moment, he prayed, God, forgive me. I know I've done wrong things. He said, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again so I can know new life. Come into my life now. And in that moment, he was weeping, this time with joy, rather than from the brokenness. It's not often you get to see sometimes the whole story. Now, I, I used to meet with Harry regularly, and after that incident where he gave his life to God, he said this to me. He said, do you remember when you came into the store, into Halfords? He used to call me Captain Fantastic for some reason. I don't know why. Um, remember you came into the store that time? And uh, I said, yeah, yeah, of course I, I remember. It's when, when we first met. So what you don't know is this, that the night before, I'd been through like half a bottle of whiskey. He said, I was weeping face down on my carpet, and I looked up to the ceiling. I said, God, if you're effing well there, I could do with some help now. The next day, I walk into Halfords. Behold, Lycra man. Thank you. There's a God in heaven that knows all about you, that cares all about you. I had no idea. Look, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just going out doing what I do. You know, I want a helmet. I'm not, you know, some sort of like weirdo preaching thing that goes around preaching at people. But God loves people. So I wonder if we could just read uh, some verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So the context of what I'm, what I'm going to read is this. You see, at the, at the beginning of this, this is a letter that a guy called Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. And at the beginning of the letter, he was just saying, look, what, guys, what are you doing? Because he was saying, some of them were saying, well, you know, I follow Paul. Some were saying, oh, I don't follow Paul. I follow this guy, Apollos. I'm an Apollos follower. Some were saying, oh, no, I'm way beyond that. I don't follow people, I just follow Jesus. I don't need people's help. And Paul is just saying, oh, come on, get a grip. You can read it in the first chapter. But he comes back to it here, and he said, look, um, for when one says, I follow Paul, in verse 4, 
For one, one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos. Are you not just mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. Let me read that again. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Only God can make things grow. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but only God can make it grow. So, think about Harry. Maybe there was a seed planted by somebody else years ago, I don't know. Somebody else planted the seed. Maybe in some way I watered it, but only the living God can make it grow and sprout into something. Yes? And we all agree with that. Now, it's interesting in, in that bit in the Bible... If, if you, if you uh, look at it again, now Paul is trying to make a point here because he doesn't say who after all is Apollos or who after all is Paul. He says what? He says what is Paul? It's almost to emphasise the point that this amazing salvation that we're talking about here can only come from God. He says what, what after all is Apollos? What after all is Paul? And then he says this, only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned each his task. Not, not who is Paul, not who is Apollos, but what? Only servants through whom you came to believe. Do you know that, that word servants literally means like waiting at tables. It's like literally waiting to do the bidding of the person that you're waiting on. And as followers of Jesus, look, we're not just servants, we're his friends. He's not ashamed to call you a brother or sister. We have a God in heaven who's a loving father. We're adopted into his family. That's what it means to be a Christian. You know, it's not about coming to church. It's about having a relationship, not religion. That's what it's about. It's relationship with God. So when it says that we're only servants, we, I don't want you to get the wrong idea, but Paul's using this analogy that actually we call Jesus Lord. Master, in other words, he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So, in many ways, that does make us his subjects, his servants. So, we're his servants through whom he came to believe. You know, you, you mentioned Alpha Jez. I don't know if you know this. I, I, I used to work for Alpha International, I was based in Glasgow. And uh, uh, wow, what a priv privilege that was. Do you know that in the United Kingdom, I haven't got the statistics for 2018 because we've just moved into a new year, but in 2017, in the United Kingdom, 386,790 people did an Alpha course. I'll, I'll say that again. In the United Kingdom, in 2017, 386,790 people did an Alpha course. Isn't that incredible? So I think that's, that is 
about 4,000, if I remember rightly, 4,109 a day. Isn't that incredible? 4,109 people a day. said, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to do an alpha course. 171 an hour, that is. 171 people an hour doing alpha. And, and you know, you, you can do alpha here in this church. Or if you're not sure about doing it here, you could do it at university. Or uh, you could do it in your workplace, possibly. There's so many different alphas. You know, alpha runs in about half of the prisons in the UK. So look, if you don't fancy doing it in here, do it in prison if you want. That's fine. Whatever career path you're following, if prison's better for you, do it there. See, and what is Alpha? Well, it, Alpha is, is saying, here's some seed about Jesus. I planted the seed. Maybe I water it, but only God can make it grow. So let, let me tell you about Angela. So Angela, absolutely fantastic lady. Some, I don't know if anybody's heard of East Kilbride. It's a, it's a a reasonable-sized town just south of Glasgow. Well, Angela is from East Kilbride. She's a hairdresser, uh, absolutely delightful lady. And, uh, but her story is this. Her story is she's a hairdresser, but she's also addicted to cocaine. But it's like a secret addiction, so most of her customers and clients would have no clue that she's addicted to cocaine. But such was the journey she was on. She was realizing that she was going down deeper and deeper, into a place that she didn't want to be. And one of her customers was a Jesus follower, a friend of Jesus. And in a winsome and loving way, she just used to sometimes just maybe put a bit of seed in or maybe a bit of water a little bit for Angela to the point where Angela started asking questions and was interested in coming on Alpha. Well, to cut a long story short, Angela did come on Alpha and she too met Jesus Christ and gave her life to Jesus Christ. And she talked to people about her difficulties and her addiction. So such was the change that Jesus made in her that on the next Alpha, her mum, who I also met called Jean, her mum thought, you know, I've seen such a change in my daughter, I think I'll come on Alpha. So Jean came on Alpha and guess what? She meets with Jesus and her life is transformed. So Angela's mum, Jean, is a Christian like Angela now. So Jordan, who lives at home, He's an apprentice at Rolls-Royce near Glasgow Airport. He sees such a change in his mum and then such a change in his grandma that he thinks, maybe I'll do Alpha. And he does Alpha and his life is transformed. And his sister, who's 14, thinks, my mum's changed, my grandma's changed. Now my brother's changed. I wonder if there's anything in this. So she decides to do Youth Alpha and she's changed by Jesus. And then Angela's sister, she sees, whoa, Angela's different, what's going on there? Oh, Angela's mum, Jean, she's different, and Jordan, and the daughter. Well, maybe I'll do that. Guess what? She meets with Jesus. So the, I, I spoke at their church at uh, an Alpha launch event. Angela brought 18 of her Cocaine Anonymous friends to come and hear about Jesus to an Alpha launch event. See, I, I might plant the seed... Apollos might water it, or whatever your neighbours might water it, but only God can make it grow. You, I mean, you can't make this up, can you? You cannot make it up. What an amazing task we have. What, after all, is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord assigned each his or her 
task. And what an amazing task we have. So I, I have a task, and you have a task. Maybe for you, you're, you're sitting here and thinking, maybe I, I could try that alpha thing out. Or maybe as a Jesus, a friend of Jesus, you might be thinking, maybe I could ask my neighbor or my friend to come on that. We have an amazing task. It says in verse 5 that we have a task. In verse 8, it says actually that we labor at it. It's work. It's not always easy. In verse 9 of that passage we read, it says actually that we're co-workers with God, which is reassuring, isn't it? So it's not all down to you and your efforts to maybe invite somebody or get them to come. It's actually we're working with God and only he can make things grow. In a moment, I'd, I'd love, to, love to pray for us and pray for you. And I'm going to invite you to pray. So maybe if you're here today and you think, I would love to know this Jesus like Angela and her family, I would love to pray with you. I'm going to pray a prayer. Uh, and you can pray in your heart. You can pray in your head and in your heart privately. Uh, it's a prayer asking Jesus to come and meet with you. And then I'd love to pray for the rest of us that, maybe a part of this church or Christians that are here, that God would encourage us that we can plant a seed or water it and then watch God make it grow. So it could be you've got a family member that you love dearly, you've been praying for, and you would love to see them come to know Jesus. It could be that you've got a neighbor or friend or somebody you talk to at the local co-op. or you know, It would be great in a moment to pray for that. Before I do that, I, I want to I share one story that may encourage you. Uh, a number of years ago, you see, because I, I just think God loves people, so there's lots of opportunities for people to meet with him, and he wants them to meet. I'm working with God. So I'm walking down the road, and I see this guy struggling to get a cabinet into his car. So being a Christian, I just walked past just kidding. I said to him, as he's struggling with his cabinet, I said, do you want a hand, mate? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gave him a hand, and you know, we got the cabinet in, and uh, he said, oh, thanks so much. It's brilliant. He goes, I'm, you know, I'm a kitchen fitter, and I've I'm, you know, got some jobs on, blah, blah, blah. So we, we, it turned out he lived around the corner from me. We started a conversation. In the, in the end, I was chatting to him, I don't know, for maybe 20, 30 minutes, and eventually he said to me, what do you do? Now, I, I, I work for the God Squad. I'm like, you know, working as a church vicar, minister, whatever you want to call it. So I said that to him. He goes, ah, oh, you know, he goes, oh, that's interesting. And he, he gave me all his thoughts about what he believed and what he didn't believe. And that was great, actually. It was really interesting to hear. Anyway, didn't <coughs> think too much of it. I thought, oh, that's great, God. Really, really good to, to meet with him. I remember sort of praying, thanks, God. That it was, I prayed for him. His name was Cameron. Anyway, I, not when he was there as I was walking away. Anyway, a couple of days later, I'm at home. It's when I lived in Crawley. I was at home with my wife. It was about half 11 at night. We were sitting in our front room. There's a knock on the door. I open the door, and it's this bloke, Cameron. And I open the door. One, it's a bit weird because it's half 11. And I'm like, it's you. And he looked and he goes, it's you. I said, the cabinet bloke. You know, there's this moment. What, what are you doing? He said, oh, somebody set fire to a car outside. It's just the way it is over there. Somebody set fire to a car outside. That's pretty normal. Uh, you know, 
um, it's pre-mobile phone. Can, you know, can you phone the fire brigade? So I phoned the fire brigade, all, all that. Anyway, he came in and had a cup of tea. So that was weird, wasn't it? So we had this conversation. Anyway, time went on. Uh, and I used to see him quite regularly. We'd go out for a beer or whatever. And I invited him to come to Alpha. And he came to Alpha. He absolutely loved it. He didn't actually decide to follow Jesus, but he absolutely loved it. Came with his wife. And then he, he came on that one. Then he came on the next one. Absolutely loved it. So he, he said, look, I, I don't believe this stuff, but this is amazing. So as a self-employed kitchen fitter, he used to go around inviting all his uh, clients and people to Alpha. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but he, he would. Anyway, long story short, I um, left uh, Sussex and I, I lived in Glasgow, uh, as I've mentioned. So I, I moved away and I kind of kept in contact with, with Cameron a little bit, but, we, you know, not so close. So I'm in Glasgow. Anyway, there's this situation. I, I found out about this because he phoned me after it happened. And here's what he said. He said, I came home from work and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to have a sandwich. It's lunchtime. I'm going to have a sandwich and I'm just sticking the news on. And he goes, and he's sitting there. Before he turned the telly on, he's, he was thinking, oh, I wonder what that... I wonder what Kieran's doing. I miss ch- I'd love to chat to him about God. I wonder what he's doing. He turns the telly on, BBC News, and I'm on the news. <laughs> Look, I don't want you to get any misapprehension. I wasn't being asked to comment on amazing current affairs. I was interviewed at East Midlands Airport about what I thought about EasyJet. Um, <laughs> my response to them was, I was with a friend of mine, it's better than walking. He, my friend... <laughs> My friend made an intelligent comment. I appeared on the news saying nothing because they cut my bit out. (laughs) Just to be clear. Turns the telly on. Just before that, he's thinking, I wonder what Kieran's doing. I'd love to talk to him. Turns the telly on. I'm on the telly. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. Only God can make it grow. So fast forward. I moved back to Sussex. I live in Haywards Heath which is further than Burgess Hill Cycle, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Hayward Heath. I've just moved to Hayward Heath. I've gone out for the evening. I cross the road. In the middle of Hayward Heath is a roundabout. I cross the road. I get halfway across the road, and for some reason, there's like an island thing. I just stop there and stand there. I remember just standing there for a moment. It's at night, and this car pulls up, and it's Cameron and his wife, Sue, who I've not seen since I've moved back from Glasgow. And they looked at me like they'd seen a ghost. I was wearing like one of a sheet. You know, no. <laughs> it's like a joke. It wasn't really. They looked at me like they'd seen a ghost. And they Kieran. I went, oh, wow, guys. Great to see you. Sadly, it turned out that Sue's dad was... I've asked permission to share this story. Sue's dad uh, was just about to die, and they were going up to our local hospital uh, to see him. And Cameron says to me, will you say one of your prayers for us? I said, of course I will. Didn't hear any more, but forward on again. I told this story at our church. The next day, I'm coming out of our building, standing outside our building, Bearing in mind, Cameron lives in Crawley. Saying outside building, it's Cameron and Sue. I'm like, what are you doing here? MOT. Not at our building, around the corner. <laughs> we don't do MOTs. Uh, 
So I, I, in for a coffee, and I say, you're not going to believe this, but just yesterday when I'm preaching, 500 people, I'm telling them this story. So well, what you don't know is this, that as we're driving to the hospital, I said to Sue, Cameron said, I said to Sue, do you know what we could really do with one of Kieran's prayers right now? Can you see how much God loves you? See, it's not about me. It's about him. I planted a seed. Apollos watered it. But only God can make it grow. Do you see how much God loves you and knows you and knows your friends and your loved ones, that person you're thinking about that's on the other side of the world that you wish would come to know Jesus? He loves them with a passion. I wonder if we might pray. Can we? I'd just invite you to close your eyes if you're comfortable to do that, and I'd love to lead us in prayer. God is delighted to partner with us. And God is delighted to lead people to him. Now listen, if you are a person that you're thinking, you know, I would love to know Jesus. Well, here's a simple prayer. It's a prayer just saying, God, I admit that I have sinned. I've done wrong things against you. It's a prayer saying, God, I believe Jesus died in my place on the cross. And it's a prayer saying, God, because he rose again, I know I can have new life. So if you want to pray this prayer in your heart, I invite you to do that. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you love me and you know me. Jesus, right now I ask you to forgive me for all the things that I've done wrong. Thank you. You died on the cross for me. Thank you. I can now receive your forgiveness. Thank you. You rose again so I can know new life with you. I ask you to come in and change my heart. Make me new and lead me by your spirit from this moment onwards. And God, for the rest of us that are seated here, God, we ask you to help us to fix our gaze on you, to see ourselves as loved members of your family, but also as your servants. Thank you that we partner with you, God, and through the amazing work you've done on the cross, Jesus, that we can lead people to find this amazing new life that we've experienced. So, God, I want to pray by your Spirit that you would encourage us. Lord, for those people that are on our hearts that we're thinking of, we pray, God, they would know the love of God. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.